Now, we know him as the wild-haired, bug-eating, funny-dressing guy, John the Baptist, right? But if you were to read the first chapter in John, the book of John, John the writer gives us a different impression of John the Baptist. You don't hear about the funny clothes. You don't hear about the weird diet. You don't hear even about the baptism towards the end. It's not an afterthought, but it's not the focal point, apparently. You get a different impression about John the Baptist from John chapter 1. And there's two things in particular I think I want us to realize that we know about John after we read John 1. First thing we realize is that Scripture inspires us, doesn't it? Anybody have a favorite Scripture? Scripture that God just spoke to them and God changed your heart and God showed you new things. I have a few of those too. I want you to think about that and hear these words from John 1.6 again. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. I love that verse, y'all. <clears throat> There's no better verse in the Bible, I don't think. But, if we're just sort of reading this with unbiased eyes, what is the very first thing that we know and understand about John the Baptist? He was sent from God. Now, the question begs to be asked, why John? Why did God pick John? Now, Jesus and John were cousins, and I imagine that maybe they grew up together, they played together, maybe they fought together, maybe they did homework together, maybe they did all kinds of things together, maybe even talked about their calling together. But why did God choose John? And the simple answer is, who knows? Who knows why God chose John? Even those things about him growing up with Jesus, those are just things that we assume I mean, John could have been one of those family members that we can't wait to leave during Christmas dinner. I mean, who knows? Why did God choose John? Who knows? But what we do know is that John was sent from God. You know, with me? The second thing we know about John is who and what he is not. As you read through this, it's, you almost feel bad for him. Right? He has to confess, and the other people have to acknowledge again. One, he is not the light. John the writer kind of makes sure that you, as the reader, understands that, which maybe kind of gives us the idea that maybe there was confusion before. Maybe some people thought he was the light. Maybe at one point in his life he thought he was the light. Who knows? But we know he is not the light. He is not the Messiah. He is not Elijah. He is not the prophet. He is not even worthy to tie the thong on Jesus' sandal. And yet, with all these things that he is not, he has come to understand who he is. He is the one crying out in the wilderness, making God's way straight for all people so that all people might come to believe through him, John the writer tells us. Now, that's a pretty big job, if you ask me. He was not these things, but he was a witness to the light. 
Now, I want you to imagine people from all over coming to see this John the Baptist. And they come to him where he is in the water, and they want to be baptized by him. And as they come near, I can just sort of hear him. He might have one of those kind of voices, and I can hear him saying, You want to be baptized, that's okay. But I need you to understand this is not between you and me. This is not just something that I am doing. This is between you and God. This is God's work that we are about to do. It's the same thing we profess when we have baptism. It's why we don't have re-baptisms. Because we feel like if God was at work then, that's good enough. Because this is God's work. John was, as John the writer says, a light, an example, a witness to the light for all those people. I don't know if you you, uh, were out last night, if you saw, but we were out and about, and the moon was beautiful last night. Did anybody see the moon last night? Even a little bit this morning, some of us still hanging around, but we were out, and I told the kids, look at the moon, It's, it's beautiful. It was round and had kind of like the picturesque kind of uh, clouds around it. It was beautiful. Well, they couldn't see it. So you know what I did? I pointed to it. And my children saw that big light in the sky. You might say, my kids saw the light because of me. They followed the direction of my finger until they saw the light for themselves. Y'all with me? I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going to go with this one, but I want you to come with me anyway. It's worth the ride. They saw the light because of me. Once they followed the finger, they didn't see my finger anymore. They saw the light in the sky. Y'all with me? But my children saw the light because of me. That's right. I don't know if you realize this, but all of us as as God's people are brought here each and every Sunday for a purpose. We are brought here to celebrate, but then we're brought here for something else, to prepare us for something. What I want you to do, go ahead and you have a bulletin. Our wonderful ushers made sure you had a bulletin this morning. I want you to take a bulletin rather quick, just so you know I'm not making these things up. And I don't know how much you pay attention to these or not. But I want you to notice four things. The very top, when it says, welcome everybody, right under that it says, God's people gather. When you come to church here on Sunday morning, the first thing we do as God's people is gather. We, we, we put aside everything that's going on out there, and we come here to gather together with each other, and presumably with God. And as we come together, we sing together, and we pray together. Then we work our way down in our time together, and as God's people, we come to hear God's word. That is when you hear the word of God proclaimed to you, spoken to you by reading the words, also by explaining or commenting on the words from my big mouth as well. After that, God's people respond. It stands to say that when God says something, the church should say something as well, something like, amen. But that we have a chance to consider what we have heard God say and respond 
by something happening in here. And as we make our way down towards the end, you guys are just about ready to go. You may not pay attention, but God's people towards the very end are then sent out to go to serve. You see that there? We come here to celebrate. We come here to hear. And then we are sent out by God to serve. We come to church, hear God's word, and then we're sent out to go serve wherever God would lead us. Now, you know what's very ironic about that? Whether you come to this church or another church that has it so plainly written in your bulletin, that's what we all come to do. But you know what the very first thing so many Christians do after they come to church, hear God's word, respond, and then are being sent out to serve? You know what the very first thing they go do is? They go find their favorite restaurant, sit down so that they can be served. Now, I'm not suggesting you come here to eat, but what I am reminding you is this. doesn't need another complainer. We aren't called to be another gossip. The world has plenty of those. We aren't called to be someone who brings another person down. We aren't called to be someone who uses this gift right here to tear another person down. We are called to serve God wherever it is we are sent from here. We are called to Point to the light. We are called to lighten up, y'all. People weren't going to see John the Baptist because they wanted his secret recipe. Hmm? If it was Second Sunday and he'd come around, you'd probably uninvite him to stick around. You don't want what he's eating. The reason why people went to go see John the Baptist is because he did the very thing that God has called all of us to do. He pointed them to God. Friends, you point people to God, they'll follow you to church. You point people to God, that brings real change. And that is what you and I are called to do, to point people to the real light. Now, let's be real. If I were God, I wouldn't have picked me to do this job. And I think maybe if you and I are real with ourselves, most of us wouldn't have picked most of us to do this job. Right? We know what we are not. John knew that he was not the Messiah. He knew that he was not the light. He knew that he was not the prophet. He was not Elijah. He wasn't even worthy. Friends, you and I know what we are not. I hear it all the time. Well, John, I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not... I'm not up to it. I had to be nice on that one. I'm not knowledgeable. I'm not rich enough. I'm not the chairperson of that committee. I'm not this and I'm not that. We know everything that we are not. We are not good enough, John. I'm not good enough. The reality is, friends, you're right. We are 
not good enough. But that's not the point. So lighten up and do what God has called us to do. Knowing everything that he wasn't, John understood what he was called to do. And that was to point people to the light. Brothers and sisters, that is what you and I are called to do. Understanding everything that he wasn't, John the Baptist, John the writer still penned these words. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. If we understand our purpose, maybe someone can write of us. There was a man sent from God whose name was Bob. Use us to bring your forgiveness. Use us to bring your mercy. Use us.